Hey everyone, my name is Omar Kanawi, I'm a lifelong Red living in Los Angeles, and this is the Liverpool play. So it looks like Ben Woodburn's scouting report from deepest Yorkshire didn't give Liverpool quite the uh, insight that they were looking for. It was a very hard-fought 1-0 victory against Sheffield United away at Bramall Lane. Very, very tough game for the Reds and uh, Liverpool far far from their best or even honestly a medium level definitely the worst we'd played this season even in defeats against Napoli and City and uh, you know I think uh, we were lucky more than anything this was a very lucky win you know on another day it could have been a bit more comfortable for the Reds we still hit the post missed some incredible opportunities uh, you know Mane clean through Salah clean through one-on-ones um, and you know we were just not on our on our A game whatsoever and uh you know, with the front three not clicking, it really was, you know, fell to the defense to to really battle and, and keep us in the game at nil-nil. And uh, eventually, you know, we have to be thankful to a really bad goalkeeping error from Henderson, but not our Henderson, um, on their end. And, um, you know, Jeannie Wijnaldum scores another important goal, um, one of his uh, most fortunate for sure. But, uh, you know, to win... At the end of the day, to win away at Bramall Lane, where Liverpool have an awful record away at Sheffield United, and um, and get the three points, just another way to win and another, you know, different type of victory again, laboured, but to get those three points was huge, you know, to keep that eight-point gap at the time against City and uh, crank up the pressure on them. And, you know, it could have told they had a really tough game against Everton, who I thought did really well. Up until around the 70-minute mark, they were level uh, in that game, similar to us. And um, you know, on you know, on the day, City's pressure and dominance told, and they have got incredible players that can come on and change a game. So that's what we're up against. But you know, other than you know being at three points behind us now, looking over our shoulder, they've still got a five-point gap to to have to look up to. And um, you know, it was such a vital win, one of the biggest ones of the season, I'm sure. And we'll look back on this no matter what happens at the end of the season and say this was a, a great grinding win for Liverpool. Personally, for me, waking up at four in the morning to watch it, uh, it always definitely feels a lot better having to get up so early when you actually win the game. I've been many times I've gotten up and we haven't done it. And I was like, well, why did I wake up? But, uh, <laughs> you know, for the first time uh, in our run of wins, that's now 16 uh, Premier League games in a row that we've won. We're two behind City now. But for the first time in our run of wins, uh, we actually haven't scored more than once. So uh, a bit of an anomaly and maybe pointing to how poor Liverpool, especially in the front area, were on the day. But, um, you know, thankfully we didn't need to. And our defensive resilience came very welcome back to uh, back to its best. And, um, you know, to keep a clean sheet, only our second clean sheet of the Premier League season is the reason we got the job done. So um, on this uh, international podcast day... And I can't think of a more international podcast than doing it from L.A. talking about Liverpool. We want to celebrate, look back on the game against Sheffield United. And actually, I want to take more of a bit of a look now that the season is almost a quarter of the way done to just the different ways in which Liverpool have been winning games this season. And there's been almost every kind of win already in a small sample size. So we'll go through those and see if we can extract anything on how Liverpool are doing overall and if there's any areas of improvement that we can see. So going through the team against Sheffield United for some ratings, uh, I thought Adrian in goal was one of our better performers on the day. He had a early, 
you know, um, tussle with uh, McBurney, who I thought was very bright for Sheffield United. Probably one of the more tough uh, strikers and centre forwards that we've come up against. And our defence really rattled us quite a lot with his physicality. Um, and I think, you know, Adrienne uh, missed a few corners. He didn't quite um, have his best game, but definitely, you know, made a good good save from Norwood in the second half. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, he didn't concede. And part of that was down to his just confidence in goal and down to his presence and his, you know, communication with the back line. So the fact that we got a clean sheet, I think Adrian scores a 7 out of 10. In defence, I think Trent had a struggle. You know, it wasn't his best game for sure. After the game against Chelsea, I was waxing lyrical about Trent Alexander-Arnold and just his brilliance at set pieces and his ingenuity and his thinking. I do think he is... A fantastic option going forward. What a great, one of the best attacking fullbacks in the game today. Defensively still a bit, you know, needs some work and some improvement. And I think this was one of those days, uh, you know, he was a bit wobbly. Distribution wasn't great, which you wouldn't normally associate with him. And he flattered to deceive during the game. So I think, you know, Trent scored a 6 out of 10. Joel Matip, one of our better performers on the day. A couple of bad passes. I think he was, you know, as strong as he could be up against McBurney. Um, you know, he definitely kept them out, uh, with a lot of attacks that they started to have towards the end of the game, especially. And, um, yeah, I think Joel Matip had a pretty solid showing without being anything spectacular. So I'd give Joel Matip a seven out of 10. Virgil van Dijk, definitely man of the match in this game. Really not much competition in that regard. Um, he won everything in the air. So imperious on the ground, repelled wave after wave of attack and just, you know, obviously, was shaking his head a lot at the rest of the team and you know kind of you could see why we just weren't able to keep possession we weren't able to really be in incisive up front and defensively we were making mistakes especially in the fullback positions so uh not not a great game um for the rest of the defense but I think you know uh, and even the rest of the team but Virgil van Dijk was was really good on the night and I think he scores an eight out of ten as for Andy Robertson definitely not one of his better games I would say he was you know, just as uh, good or as bad as Trent. Um, you know, he did make a couple of good blocks, but just his touch was off and maybe it was because of the rain. Um, maybe, you know, we've had pretty good weather so far for most of the season in England. So maybe now it's coming back and affecting everyone, but didn't seem to affect Sheffield United as much as it did us. So maybe, you know, it was just a combination of factors, the wind and the rain and, the, you know, raucous atmosphere. So, um, I didn't think he had a good game, really, and I think uh, Andy Robertson scored a 6 out of 10. Fabinho was probably second to Van Dijk in terms of his performance on the day. I think he deserved to be on the winning team, as I like to say with him. You know, he is uh, a, a strong, strong option for us and just always able to win the ball back and always keep danger from us as well as pin in the opposition. So, you know, I don't think without Fabinho, that's a game that we win. Maybe we draw, maybe we even lose that game, so... You know, he is so vital to the way that we play and, uh, you know, first name in the midfield uh, team sheet. So uh, Fabinho scored a 7 out of 10 for me. I thought Jordan Henderson, he was trying, definitely trying to make things happen for Liverpool, trying to get us forward. Um, he wasn't really able to influence things uh, and got an injury after the break and so had to get subbed. Hopefully that's nothing too serious and maybe he'll be back for the game against RB Salzburg. We'll probably need his energy, but... Um, yeah, I mean, it wasn't one of uh, Hendo's best days. Uh, again, the rest of the team didn't really function as well. And um, he wasn't able to inspire the the changes that we probably needed. So I'd give Jordan Henderson a 6 out of 10. 
Genie Wijnaldum, obviously he gets the the vital goal and, um, you know, that was the difference in the game. And, you know, it's so good to see that he does occasionally get these really important goals for us. Um, I, he, I've seen a lot of talk that he's a big game player and I do think that's the case. He seems to rise to big games and big occasions. This was a big game in a different way. It turned out to be not in terms of the opposition, but in terms of the circumstances. And again, he's come up with a big goal. I don't think he was great uh, during the game. However, apart from that, I think he, you know, got caught uh, in possession a couple of times, lost the ball, which is not something you would associate with him. And again, just kind of off his normal level, um, you know, passes going out of play, things like that. But, uh, you know, he did score the goal. And so for that, I'm going to give Genie one out of a seven out of ten. Mohamed Salah had definitely one of his quieter games in the Liverpool shirt and wasn't really able to test Henderson in goal. Uh, in the first half, had a wonderful opportunity one-on-one in the second half that you would have put your house on him scoring, but he didn't, and it just kind of summed up his day, really. So um, not able to score quite an easy chance and uh, just off the pace, as was the whole team. So I'd give Mo Salah a 6 out of 10. Bobby Firmino, you've rarely seen him have such an off day. So, um, you know, it wasn't a good a game for the Brazilian. He tried everything and huffed and puffed but he just wasn't able to really influence things or even really get into the game and I think he was shackled a bit by Sheffield United's back three and they really played well going to reverting to a five at the back when needed and with their wing backs so really just kind of nullified Liverpool's attack as a whole and when you nullify Firmino you pretty much nullify Liverpool's attacking fulcrum for the most part so um, I think you know it was a, a rough game for everybody and I think Firmino scored a six out of ten. And then Mane, probably our most effective attacker on the day, but that's not saying a ton. Hit the post when Firmino played him through, although Firmino should have shot himself. um, And it was quite a difficult chance for Mane. But the one miss that he had in the first half when he's clean through was quite strange for him. You know, he's been on very high on confidence and that was the strike of a man who didn't have confidence. So I hope that uh, nothing is awry there. Um... Got in behind a couple of times, but, you know, just really bad finishing and uh, just off the pace again. Um, So I would probably give Mane a 6 out of 10. And so to go through the subs, I thought Divock Origi was actually quite a bright spark when he came on. He was direct. Uh, He almost straight away set up a chance for Salah, um, but he wasn't able to score, but he was able to kind of just... Just give us that extra dimension in attack and be a bit more effective than we had been going forward. Um, so, you know, it was a good game for Divock and he did what he could in the time he was on the field. Almost 30 minutes played, so that would be good for his fitness coming back. So I'd give Divock Origi a 7 out of 10. And for James Milner and Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, who came on late for Firmino and for Mane at the end of the game, no ranking. But, you know, they helped us see it out. So good job for those guys. So we've now played seven games uh, in the Premier League. We're almost a quarter of the way through the season. So I wanted to look back at uh, how Liverpool have gotten to the top of the league with 21 points, maximum 100% record. Um, But and while finding all these different ways to win, it's not been plain sailing for the Reds. There's already been quite a few... uh, There's already been quite a few games where you could say we've grounded out, but there are different ways to win um, and to grind it out even. And, um, you know, we've been excellent in some games, but rather more than that, we've actually been resilient and just finding a way. And that's what Liverpool were doing so successfully towards the end of last season. And it seems that we've carried on that knack, which is a fantastic thing to have. That is the difference between champions and runners-up. And um, 
Obviously, last season we did that fantastically, but it was just not enough. And, you know, turning those draws into wins is really vital. Um, I'm not saying that we should do a Tottenham and never draw a game, uh, you know, up until the end of last season. I think they hadn't drawn a game. Uh, they were either winning or losing everything and really going gung-ho. So I don't think we need to throw the kitchen sink at anyone in case we lose. But just trying to still have that measure of control and take that little bit more risk to win the games is paying dividends so far. Um, so if we look all the way back to our first game uh, at Norwich, uh, if we look at all the way back to our first game at home to Norwich, obviously that was a 4-1 victory, lovely cruising win that you would associate with Liverpool, Anfield, and uh, yeah, I mean, obviously Pukki gets them a consolation goal, but that was a really good way to start the season. And then immediately away uh, at Southampton, a, a narrow victory, but because of uh, Adrian's error. So, um, you know, we were cruising 2-0 up and then Adrian makes his biggest mistake so far uh, just after the Super Cup. And, uh, you know, it was one of those things where if Danny Ings had taken the other chance that he had in, you know, late on in the game, that could have been a draw immediately and probably City might have taken the initiative and maybe not have lost against Norwich. You don't know all these things, the if, buts and maybes that could happen. Uh, between then and now but um, you know that would have been a draw for Liverpool would have been very damaging in just the second game but you know we found a way to keep them out and you know with a bit of help from Ings we were able to preserve that win and then again at home seeing a bit of a pattern we were winning very comfortably against Arsenal beat them 3-1 Salah had a fantastic game couldn't really live with him that day and uh, you know helped by a bit of haphazard defending from uh, David Luiz, uh, who I do not rate. So, yeah, I think, you know, it was one of those games that we just showed what we can do uh, and really beat everyone. And this was probably the time in the season where we were playing at our most fluent. We then go away to Burnley, tough place to go, keep a clean sheet and score three goals. First clean sheet of the season. And, you know, obviously just dominate the game. And uh, Burnley away is always a tough one. They're probably the Stoke that we all uh, have thought of in the last few seasons. They're now that team, I would wager. And so to go there and win was was really special. Um, we got a little shock in the next game at home to Newcastle. Uh, you know, Willem scores the uh, opening goal, but we've had our first then comeback win of the season, coming back to win 3-1. So, you know, you'll take that. That's a comfortable win in the end. And, um, you know, really playing with full verve. And then as we come into September you know we had Chelsea away and uh, it's been basically uh, a, it seems that in the last few games you know then coming into the last couple of games that we played starting with Chelsea I've started to notice a bit of a pattern in that we've been quite good at controlling the game and you know and taking the lead as we went 2-0 up against Chelsea but then there's this element of you know maybe getting a little bit loose at the ends of games maybe we're tiring I don't know whether you know the preseason and lack of uh, a holiday for some of our players is starting to catch up with them but you know we've been kind of left hanging on in games against Chelsea where we won 2-1 after Kante set up a final you know 20 minutes of really tense defensive back against the wall football for us Sheffield United again we score in about 70 minutes you know, on their side. And um, and in the last 20 minutes after that, we're kind of really just trying to repel attacks and uh, we weren't able to really dent their their opposition goal much. Um, and a narrow win 
you know, it's laboured, but only our second clean sheet of the season. So that really helped us see that one over the line. Um, but again, left hanging on even in the cup game against MK Dons, which we won 2-0. Yes, and we got a clean sheet. But towards the end of that game, they really started to play. And, um, you know, obviously that was a completely different uh, lineup. So it's hard to, you know, uh, compare lineups when, you know, the the whole personnel is different and compare results. But, uh, you know, you are seeing a bit of a pattern emerging where Liverpool are strong in games and then maybe tail off a little bit at the end. So that's something that we should probably be looking at. And I'm sure the boys uh, are working on that as we speak. And, um, you know, when you're Klopp and you're Pep Linders, you have so much attention to detail and they'll know all this way better than us. But um, just always trying to fi finesse and fine tune all the little weaknesses that we've had. Um, so, you know, looking back on it, Liverpool have not been overall lucky. I think they've ground out results. They've been, you know, when you have, when you're not your fluent best, if you can still just do enough to get over the line, we, you know, that's what we've been able to do. Other than the Sheffield United game that we just had, I don't think we've been that lucky. Yes, we had a couple of VAR decisions that have gone in our favor so far, but that's because those correction those decisions were correct and you know they they weren't doing us a favor in that sense you know if they weren't correct they wouldn't have given them so um we're doing the right things you know we're we're not scoring illegitimate goals uh, that are getting chalked off we're definitely grinding out these results and up until Sheffield United you could say that Liverpool deserve to win every game that they've played so far I'm not sure you could say that against Sheffield United. I know Klopp's thought we deserved to win the game. Um, we had more chances just about on the balance of play. I think we had one more chance, big chance than they did. So, yes, you could argue that. But, um, but you know, it was just a very below-par performance that, that we've not been accustomed to recently. So, you know, that is cause for concern. But, hey, it doesn't half help that you can be winning points and getting more, you know, points on the board while you're making kind of mistakes and, and figuring out what needs to improve. So, you know, that's ideal. And uh, all of these negative performances and experiences are going to help Liverpool in the long run. I'm sure of that. So it's shaping up to be a really exciting, amazing season in the Premier League. And who knows where that can go. We'll just keep on watching and, and rooting on for the Reds that they can, you know, carry on the charge to hopefully end 30 years of Premier League hurt. But now the tension switches to the Champions League with RB Salzburg in our first home game this season in the Champions League and um, RB Salzburg are no mugs I know when the draw came out I myself like many other fans were looking at the Napoli game and thinking well that's going to be tough and obviously it proved to be so with a 2-0 defeat away um, but we thought you know that RB Salzburg and Genk are going to just be the whipping boys of the group and everyone's going to get the points that they need and so it will be us and Napoli to go through not so easy to say that against RB Salzburg, who I did a bit of research on. And obviously, we all knew uh, that in the last game, they won 6-2 against Belgian champions Genk, um, scoring five goals, I believe it was, in the first half. And Erling Haaland, or Hurland, I think, uh, the Norwegian striker, only 19 years old, getting his fourth hat-trick in that game of the season already uh, in the first half. So he is a, a player on fire. Um, I heard in the Analyzing Anfield podcast about um, his kind of numbers and his shots that he takes on. And in Europe's top five leagues, the only players that have a similar 
number of shots per game to his, which I believe is 4.2 or 4.8, one of those. Um, the only players that are even close to that in the top five leagues, which obviously the Austrian Bundesliga is not one of, but if you look at the top five leagues, the only players that have that is Ronaldo and Messi. And they're in the kind of four range. Um, as a comparison, Mo Salah takes roughly about 3.4 shots per game and Mane's at about three. So that kind of shows you the confidence coursing through this guy. He's tall, he's strong, he's very quick, which is a, you know, a gifted combination and uh, very clinical finishes. If you watch his goals against Genk, you know, in the corner, really um, emphatic finishes. And he's scored in, I think, every game bar one. In the Austrian Bundesliga this season, he's scored, as I said, four hat-tricks at the time. I believe he's now scored another hat-trick since. Maybe that's incorrect. But, um, you know, he's scoring goals for fun. He's got a couple of braces and really on fire. Probably one of the top strikers in Europe right now. So, And then you add that to a very youthful and quick team that they have. And it's not going to be plain sailing for Liverpool. So we're going to really have to be on our guard. Um, I think, you know, we have a fantastic defence. And I'm very intrigued to see how you know, Van Dijk and Matip come up against Haaland and what they can, you know, shackle him, hopefully. Um, if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be Van Dijk and Matip, who are playing so well right now. But, um, you know, Liverpool are going to have to be on their A game for sure to get a win in this. And yes, it's at home, but uh, we need to really play like we have been doing and uh, and not take it for granted. We can't play like Sheffield United and think we're going to get a result. So... Um, they're really head and shoulders above the Austrian Bundesliga. They've scored more than three goals and often up to like six or seven goals in all but two of their games this season. And one of them, I think they drew when they scored two goals. Um, but they do concede in every single game that they've played. I believe they have conceded at least one goal. So their defense is making similar kind of errors probably to ours they're obviously not as good as our defense and I think you know if the front three can have the games that we're expecting them to have and Firmino can kind of pull the strings again and Mane and Salah can get in then I, sh I do think Liverpool will win the game but uh, you know one to definitely watch with with interest and it's going to be a tough tussle so this isn't going to be the easy group that we maybe thought it would be uh, at the start before this before we began but um, I do think Liverpool will, will triumph in this game and if uh, I had to pick a first 11 for this, I think it's going to be Adrian and God. I don't believe Alisson's back just yet, but it looks like he's on the comeback trail, which is great. Um, and then at right back, I do believe we're still going to stick with Trent. Uh, there's a shout for maybe Joe Gomez to come in, but at home, you know, you want to be attacking. And I think Trent will, will be the one at right back. And I think obviously Matip and Van Dijk in, uh, in center of defense. And then at left back, it's going to be Robertson. In midfield, you can't look beyond Fabinho for sure. And then it's going to be interesting to see who he goes with. Obviously, Hendo and Wijnaldum played the game on Saturday against Sheffield United. And Hendo took a knock. So it's maybe unlikely that he'll play. Cater played for a lot of the game uh, against MK Dons. But I don't know if he's quite ready for a Champions League game yet. So... This might be another game for Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain to see what he can do in the attacking midfield role. So I would probably say Oxlade-Chamberlain will get the nod. And then it's a toss-up between Wijnaldum and Milner. My gut is that because it's a big game, I think he's going to go with Wijnaldum 
And, you know, you wouldn't mind Wijnaldum scoring another goal from midfield. So if he's just got one, why not throw him in again and see if he can repeat the trick. So um, I think it'll be Wijnaldum in midfield. And then, obviously, up front, it's going to be Firmino, Mane and Salah. So um, I hope that this is going to be the straightforward game that we were hoping it will be. It might be a bit tough, but I do think Liverpool will find a way to win. If I had to guess the score, I think we will probably concede at least once against Haaland and co., um, but I do think that will win the game. So I think it's probably going to end uh, 3-1 to Liverpool if I had to put my neck out. So join me again after the game. We're going to look back at the game against Salzburg and look ahead to Brendan Rodgers' visit to Anfield with Leicester, who are really flying right now, third in the Premier League. And what a story it is of Brendan Rodgers coming back to Liverpool um, with a with a solid team. So Fingers crossed it's going to be a great win against Salzburg and we can look forward to that game in earnest. Thanks so much for watching. Hope you all enjoy the game and up the reds.